Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to run simple. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I have a quote from digitalistmag.com, which I'm very close to in my work at SAP, from a colleague of mine named Henner Schliebs, and Henner is the head of finance audience marketing at SAP. Here's the quote. Finance professionals are spending just 17% of their time on strategic activities with a lack of automation serving as the culprit for much of this inefficiency. So I just gave you a couple of key words in there, finance professionals. Of course, this is financial excellence with game changers and uh, strategic activities. That's the goal. Finance's goal for many years now has been to move away from sitting in the basement with eye shades pouring over the spreadsheet and putting in numbers by hand, OMG, that goes back in time to becoming an advisor and steward to the business. And the key really here is a lack of automation and inefficiency. You put all those together, you've got our topic. We're going to be talking about machine learning and finance taking process automation to the next level. And let me just give you a little more background here. As the role of finance changes, it is critical to increase the day-to-day process efficiency. If your company isn't doing that, you're not getting the big picture. But how? Well, let's talk about reimagining finance and using intelligent ERP. It's going to use new technology, some of them not so new, some of them coming together in combinations that feel and look and sound new. Machine learning plus in-memory technology plus simplified data structures. If you're a finance professional, this is all going to make sense to you. I have a panel of three experts who are going to help us figure this out. And let me tell you who they are before I introduce them. First up, we're welcoming back a panelist named Nilly. Mercedes, rhymes word Mercedes, she reminded me of that. She's Senior Research Director of Finance and EPM Advisory Practice at the Hackett Group, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, if you want to look them up. Joining her on the panel is a newcomer to Game Changers, Dr. Karin Gracelund. I'll spell her last name if you want to look for her. She's all over on the internet, G-R-A-E-S-L-U-N-D. She's at the Wiesbaden Business School. She's a professor of business and finance information management. And joining us is another newcomer rounding out the panel, Matthias. Hendley, Vice President, SAP S4HANA Product Management Incubation at SAP. So we obviously have three experts, and let me start off with a quote. Nilly has sent us from recent U.S. President Barack Obama. He was born in 1961, served as U.S. President from 2009 to 17. He is the first African-American president and previously the junior U.S. Senator from Illinois. And here's the quote. Listen up. This is a good one. Change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we're waiting for. We are the change that we seek. Nilly, welcome back. How have you been? I've been very well, thank you. Hello, Bonnie. It's nice to be back. Well, it's wonderful. It's been a long time. I think it's been a couple of years since you've been on the show, and I think it was actually 2016. I looked it up, and I'm I'm really happy to have you, and this is quite an interesting quote. It feels like words of wisdom that could apply to any topic, but today, Nilly, we're talking about the role of finance and using technology to instill efficiency. So talk to me. How does this relate to our topic, please? Um, the reason I chose the quote is because I think finance organizations are sitting on the sidelines to some extent um, in terms of embracing new technologies in finance like uh, machine learning, and I'm not exactly sure what they're waiting for. These technologies are here, they are here now, and they have the potential to transform how finance does its work. Uh, how it better serves its internal customers and adds value and reduces cost. And I think um, finance needs to get off the sidelines and, um, and be the agent of change now, not waiting for somebody to come on later. So that's why I chose that quote. 
Appreciate it. And, and Nilly, this just sounds like something I like to say. I'm going to crochet it on the side of a pillow. We are the change that we seek. We're the ones we've been waiting. What do you? Isn't this a life wisdom kind of a quote too? Really? It is. And I think Barack Obama offered a whole bunch of life um, words of wisdom that probably apply to many things. I wanted to do something that's not coming from a technology, uh, specifically technology expert, but something that's general that applies to finance or anything. Um, and I think it's very difficult for finance, which has traditionally been a very conservative organization, to adopt new things. Um, and also it's been hampered by its legacy systems. Um, it's beholden by them. So there are other reasons, of course, why finance is not jumping on this um, right away. And Nilly, one more question before I move to, to Dr. Karen Graceland. Uh, question is, do you think finance professionals are a little flummoxed or overwhelmed by the fact that there's so much to do in moving out of the eyeshade basement spreadsheet mode and into being a trusted, valued, and sought-after advisor to the business, and they still have to keep the wheels turning and moving and the processes efficient? Do you think this is overwhelming or do you think it's very doable? Um, I think we've seen in our research a lot of progress towards automation of um, specifically a lot of the um, transactional processes um, in finance. And we've seen a lot of these processes moved into global business services or GBS organizations like general accounting, um, revenue management. All of these things have been automated, some of them using robots, um, so we see a move into taking away a lot of that day-to-day um, sort of busy work that is keeping finance away from becoming a more strategic advisor. We see a lot of progress in that area, freeing up finance to be that strategic advisor. Not yet there in a lot of organizations, but in uh, world-class organizations, the amount of time that companies, uh, finance professionals spend on crunching data rather than uh, advising and providing analysis is declining. And I think that's a very good trend to look at as a proxy for how finance is uh, developing its capabilities as an advisor to the business. Thank you very much, Nilly. Again, pleasure to have you back on board. And now let's welcome one of our newcomers, Professor Karin Graceland at the Wiesbaden Business School. Karin has sent me an interesting quote from a gentleman, a German novelist and poet named Theodor Fontaine, F-O-N-T-A-N-E, regarded as the most important 19th century German language realist writer. But her quote is very similar to one spoken by Walt Disney years later. Let me read her version of of. Uh, Mr. Fontaine's quote, and then I will read the Walt Disney version. And, Karen, you'll tell me if they're similar. The one you gave me is, the magic always results from the details. And the version from Walt Disney is, there is no magic in magic. It's all in the details. Karen, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much. I'm great. Glad to have you. Talk and, to me uh, about how you picked the quote. You don't have to worry about whether it was Fontaine or Walt Disney. I just thought it was a very interesting <laughs> parallel. But tell me how this relates, the details. We're talking about efficiency in, in finance, and this is what you teach. So what do you observe? Yeah, I hope that uh, artificial intelligence may might be something like magic. And on the other hand, it's so important to have it understood in the details. So this quote points to the necessity of knowledge for our finance stuff and, like my profession indicates, to the importance of learning and further education of us and ourselves in those new possibilities for finance. Thank you, Karen. So, do, do you agree with what Nilly was talking about and what I was saying? The role of finance has changed and there's a lot to pay attention to now? Yeah, I think and the most people are not feeling well with, with overlooking it. You know, so many things, details where you, which you have to do in general accounting and revenue um, accounting. But to have an 
good idea of what's the possibilities in this new technology uh, and its possibilities giving us uh, free time for more support uh, support um, the business area and the strategic decisions and and not to um, get lost in those more boring jobs um, like accounting uh, transactions and and the like or offset open items and, and the like. Thank you very much, Karin. Pleasure to have you on the show, and we're looking forward to your perspective as an academician as well as an expert in this field. So you're bringing a lot to the conversation, and thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. We appreciate you. You can take a rest now, and now we're going to turn to Matthias Henley at SAP, and Matthias has sent us a quote from Ernest Hemingway. I didn't know Ernest Hemingway had a middle name, Matthias. It's Miller, Ernest Miller Hemingway, 1899 to 1961. American novelist, short story writer, journalist, strong influence on 20th century fiction, uh, his life of adventure and his public image influenced later generations. He produced most of his work between the mid-20s and 50s and won the Nobel Prize in Literature, I didn't realize that, in 1954. Seven novels, six short story collections, two nonfiction. Uh, he had three novels, four short, and more and more and more and more and more. He's a classic of American literature. And here is the quote Matthias has selected from Monsieur Hemingway. Quote, the best way to find out if you can trust somebody is to trust them. Well, that sounds logical. Matthias Henley, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks uh, for having me here. It's great, a quote. And how does that relate to machine learning and this intelligence? Well, um, if we look beyond technology, it's very important that it's a huge change management effort that is underway. And that really means that we need to make sure that we take the people with us. People are afraid because of two aspects of machine learning. One is definitely how much it is taking away work they are doing, mm-hmm. how much it is helping to automate. But on the other hand, it's also always the question if they can trust some decisions and recommendations that were given by a machine. And therefore, the trust issue is fundamental for making these new technologies successful in our life. And I think it's a step-by-step approach. And I think this quote excellently talks about that you need to start trusting somebody probably in small areas to see if he earns that trust and if the if taking you the right direction. Thank you very much. A very interesting point of view, Matthias, the idea of trust in your right. People are afraid that a lot of these new technologies will, quote unquote, rob them of their jobs, especially if the if the technology is so much better, faster, quicker, more accurate than the human mind. And there is that threat, of course. Uh, But it's interesting you know, we talk about numbers, Matthias, numbers lie, numbers don't lie. There's some famous jokes about statistics lie, or you can bend them to be whatever you want them to be. So I'm fascinated that you came up with a quote about trust on a show about finance. It's just just very interesting because it hits at so many, so many levels. Do you think people will trust finance if machines are doing most of the, the crunching, Matthias? I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts on that. Um, in, in all areas, they are hesitant to trust, mm-hmm. and they find a, uh, find a lot of reasons why they should not. But at the end, it's about how we infuse that, how we make it traceable, that these decisions behind the numbers have some good reasoning. And only by adjusting them to what uh, they see, what they understand, and bringing this into that relation, we, by time, will create that trust. Thank you very much. I think there's a lot of hope and optimism in that statement. I appreciate that, Matthias. Thank you. And we're going to go around the table back to Nilly. I'm still practicing your last name, Nilly. Mercedes. Mercedes. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Anybody? <laughs> you didn't E-S-S-A-I-D. 
I've got it. I'm really trying very hard here. Uh, Nilly, you know what I'm going to ask you. This is the part of the show where we get a little bit comfortable, uh, up close and personal. We want to know a little bit about you. So first of all, where are you calling us from today, Nilly? And what do you love to drink? If it's in your cup, I want to know about it. If it's just something boring you grabbed on the way to the show, that's fine. But we'd love to know what powers you. What's your favorite beverage? Nilly? Um, so I'm calling from south of Salem, Oregon. Um, oh. Yep, which is obviously on the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. And it's actually snowing outside, which is quite beautiful because I'm looking um, at a very large um, area of Christmas trees, uh, which are getting covered with snow, so it's pretty. Um, in my cup, which is quite large, I have to say, is a green smoothie, um, I'm sort of on a health kick right now, so I'm drinking green smoothies in the morning, uh, mostly spinach, but some berries. My husband says it looks like swamp water, and I can't <laughs> argue that, that you know, it does look like swamp water, but I think it's actually very tasty and certainly very healthy. So that's what I've been drinking in the mornings for the last three weeks. Uh, hopefully it's going to work, but um, but I'm happy with that. So I'm currently on this health kick. We'll see how that's going to work out. I applaud you, and I applaud your stomach. I, I know we had. Uh, I did another show a little over an hour ago, and I'm trying to remember. One of the guests had a very strange drink. I can look in my uh, my history here on my Google lookups, but it was something that apparently it's a green drink and it's an acquired taste. And people say they oh, it was wheatgrass. It was a wheatgrass drink. And uh, I read a, a blog while we were on the air, Nilly, and the the person who wrote the blog, Jim Goldberg. I think it was Life with Maxwell or something like that he said that uh he loves the health benefits but it's definitely an acquired taste meaning oh am i really gonna be drinking this stuff again so (laughs) well i tried to put a lot of berries in there because that helps the it doesn't help the color of the drink so much but it certainly helps the taste Yep, and here here it was. It was Living Maxwell, your guide to organic food and drink, and his article was, My Love Distaste Affair with Wheatgrass. I am in love again. There you go. So you can look that up if you want to really get into the heavy-duty stuff, the wheatgrass. Thank you, Nilly. And by the way, I, I don't know if you remember, but I lived in Eugene, Oregon for about yes, I eight... I do remember. Not too yes. far from me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Long time ago, far away. And now I I left New York six months ago and I moved to Durham, North Carolina. And oh, that's wow. my my new home and my home office. I'm not a city girl. Well, you can't take the city out of me, but that's besides the point. Thank you, Nilly. And let's now go get a little personal with our second guest, Professor Dr. Karen Graceland at the Wiesbaden Business School. Karen, I know we called you, so tell me what city are you in and tell me what do you love to drink that makes you feel strong and, and special? Okay. Yes, I'm calling from Mannheim in Germany, mm-hmm. and in my cup is herbal tea uh, with ginger. And I I look a little bit from Ronnefeld. Perhaps some of you love it too. It's very very ma- many ingredients. I can't translate, but some of them is also a cinnamon and black pepper. Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's really horrible. Wow, black pepper. You know, I've I've had some uh, read some recipes recently, Karen, with chocolate in them, where they use a little bit of black pepper. It could be cookies, it could be cake, to bring out the essence of the chocolate. Do you find that the black pepper does something for the tea? Uh, I think I don't taste it really, but it makes of the tea all over is really delicious. I love it. I'm glad. That's what I wanted to know. Thank you very much. I can hear you smiling, Karen. I can hear you yep. smiling. See, I told you I'd make you happy on the show. There you go. You're doing great. And thank you. And Matthias Henley, where are we calling you? And what do you love to drink, Matthias? Well, um, I'm at our headquarters here in Waldorf, Germany, not too far away from uh, Karen's place in Mannheim. Only 20 kilometers, I would guess. Uh, I'm drinking just water right now. It's uh, 6 p.m. in the evening. Uh, Time for double espressos is gone. (laughs) And uh, time for tequila is not yet there. So 
Um, I guess I have just water with calcium in there or whatever is in that tapped water. There's no specific description on that. <laughs> Sorry for that. That's okay. What are you planning to drink later? Do you have a favorite wine or a favorite beer you'd like to share with us, I Matthias? I I was last um, week in Mexico and I uh, was able mm. to to secure some very nice tequila, uh, Jose Cueva uh, family version of an Anejo tequila. And I think later should be the time when I have a small taste of that one. That sounds good. That sounds really good. Okay. I would drop down to my knees and conk out if I had to kill. It's way too strong for me, but it sounds delicious if it's what you love. I will tell my three panelists that they do not let me have any caffeine on radio show days, and I think you know why. So all I'm having... All I'm having is a cool, clear glass of cool, clear water. I have a yellow straw because it has been raining for a couple of days here off and on in Durham. As a matter of fact, my new home uh, faces a beautiful pond with a big fountain coming out of the middle of it. And today, for some reason, it must have been a temperature inversion, there was a mist rising off the pond at 7.30 this morning up into the air surrounding the fountain. It wasn't the fountain spray. It was actually a mist in the air. And I took pictures and texted it to people. But the sun was out and brilliant. So I'm going to give credit for the sunshine to the yellow straw in my water. Just let me take that credit, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I'm going to ask you. You are listening to, we have a very serious topic here, but we always have such interesting people on these shows. I think we bring finance to life in a good way. And you know something, Matthias and Karen and Nilly, this has been for many years one of our most popular series. I currently have produced a total of over 30 different Game Changers themed series and about a thousand shows. And financial excellence continues to be one of our most popular shows. That means people around the world are looking for good content, good inspiration, good ideas on the role of finance, on the technologies that help finance, on anything to do with helping finance assume its new position in companies all over the world and be the handholder and the guide and the steward to the business, which is all very important. So we're talking today about machine learning. I think we snuck in the term AI, artificial intelligence, a couple of times already, and finance, taking process automation to the next level. We have a whole lot more to talk to you about, but we're going to take a quick break now and let my panelists have a sip of something. Matthias, no tequila yet. You'll wait another half hour. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We have a lot more. You really want to stick around for this great information coming up. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and we'll be back in 90 seconds. Count them along with us. Aaron, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Isn't it time for you to transform your finance organization? SAP is leading the way with groundbreaking technology to help finance professionals transform finance. S4 HANA, powered by SAP, is a part of SAP S4 HANA, the next generation business suite. SAP S4 HANA Finance draws upon innovative in memory mobile and cloud technologies to deliver one common secure view of all your information across finance. This gives you instant insight to drive enterprise wide strategic value. Learn more about SAP S4HANA Finance at SAP.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments, questions, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to financial excellence with Game Changers. 
Yes, indeed. And if you're keeping track, uh, going on with what I said just before the break, this is the seventh season of Financial Excellence with Game Changers. And I have to do a shout out to my colleague, Chris Grundy at SAP for keep coming back on the air with some great topics. And obviously, as today, an excellent panel speaking with Nilly S. Sadies. Professor Karin Graceland and Matthias Henley, and our topic is machine learning, AI, and finance, taking process automation to the next level. We're ready to start our roundtable in earnest, as my beautiful late mother used to say. She used to say his his name may be Ernest, but is he sincere? That's a family joke. So here is, here is where Nilly wants to start. Here's what she told me before the show. Quote, Our research shows that the adoption of digital technologies can contribute significantly to the reduction in finance costs. Nilly, I'm going to stop there and let you tell us more, please. Yes, I want to thank you, Bonnie. Um, I wanted to start with that because I think that's kind of the baseline, the understanding that adopting technologies like AI um, or things like RPA uh, and uh, advanced analytics can really help finance reduce its cost base. There's an efficiency play here that companies should think about. What we did to prove that out from a research perspective is look at our benchmarking database, which is vast. Um, It looks at finance organizations across multiple processes and sub-processes and ran against um, a set of uh, efficiency and effectiveness metrics, which helps separate um, total population into world-class and peer organizations. So we took those two groups, world-class and peers, and we ran them into another, through another model that looked at technology-related metrics. An uh, example of that would be on, using online budgeting or delivering finance reporting on a mobile basis which helped us end up with another set, uh, another two groups, which we call the technology-enabled world-class and the technology-enabled peers. And then we took it a step further and ran those two groups through another model, which looked at what happens if those tech-enabled groups adopt digital technologies. And what we found was um, quite astounding. Um, We found that by adopting technologies, finance can reduce its process costs significantly. For uh, world-class companies, um, finance organizations, the cost can come down by a full 20%. And Mm. peers can do even better because we know peers have more slack. They can cut their process costs by 35%. And what we learned from this data is that companies should think of adoption of digital tools and digital transformation as a true game changer for finance in terms of improving its operational efficiency. And if you improve your operational efficiency, you can then free up time to be that strategic player. Ah, very well done. I like I like the way you uh, you went and the the causality from one to the other, the benefit actually. Very interesting. Thank you, Nilly. Karen Grassland, uh, do you have any comments? Please join us. What do you think about what Nilly just yeah. said? And you can agree or disagree. Go ahead. I, I agree, of course, um, because AI can do remarkable things uh, in that area and give us insight into patterns of such a large data set, which we would never had been able to to, um, analyze before. So this is the part with the efficiency. And if it frees up time, the people can do what they really like to do, strategic questioning um, answers, finding answers to those strategic questions which are important and if they have time to think over because AI is taking some of those automatic automatically transaction stuff, um, they can make up their minds about the really important decisions to take because because today in digitization, uh, the, the companies really have huge efforts, huge um, tasks to do. So um, it's important to get the, the head free from transactional stuff which you could automate to have the right sensibility and 
time uh, and ideas and perhaps I don't know if you if you like this also infusion to to take um, part the part of um, decision making which is not autom able to be automated through AI. Thank you very much. Karin, I have a question for you before I bring in Matthias. Karin, in, in your, your travels as an educator, an academician, if you will, do you find that these new technologies in finance are attracting the interest of young people to come into this profession? Are they excited by these opportunities? I think they are much more excited than the older and experienced ones because they are busy, on the one hand, mm -hmm. and sometimes they are a little bit afraid of this no technology. Uh, from discussions of my students, I know that they are feeling very familiar with automation and um, trusting machine decisions because many of those things they they uh, use the whole day, like their iPhone and things like that, already automate some of their decisions. So they're used to and they like it. Thank you. That's what I wanted to get at. That's a topic we cover from time to time on this show. Matthias Henley, love to get your thoughts on this cost reduction and the benefits of technology that Nilly brought up. Thoughts, please, Matthias? Yeah, I'm happy um, to, to talk about that. So first, I completely agree. There is huge potential, and it's great that you did all that work in quantifying the benefits in regards to automation. Just two additional thoughts I want to share. First, that automation can be done at lower cost if you are leveraging machine learning. It means that you are not just programming strict rules to achieve that automation that you need to redo over time, but that you base this automation on the data that is constantly evolving and therefore new rules are embedded as soon as you are behaving differently in the future. So the automation is more flexible, lower effort to achieve. And second, there is huge potential also in the quality aspects, and I think Karen also alluded towards that. If you know what works in your cash collection or dispute management because you know how different customers are interacting and what makes, uh, is working with them successfully, you can give them a more better appreciation by really dealing with their needs and what is working with them and you are driving efficiency to get to your cash quicker and therefore increasing liquidity. So um, there is definitely also quality aspects that we should try to quantify and put on the table for those customers. Thank you. Very interesting, Matthias. Nilly, I'm going to circle around to you and ask if there's anything you'd like to add to this before I move to, I think I just found the perfect segue to our next topic and what Karin just said, but I want to finish up with your, your topic. The research obviously is very appreciated, Nilly. Anything else you're researching right now on this subject? Um, just uh, a point I wanted to make in response to our Karin's comments, uh, we actually, about millennials, um, the comment about young people and uh, the discussion about their relationship with technology, we did a survey um, just recently that looked at uh, talent in finance, and mm -hmm. we asked the question about retention strategies for uh, millennials, and we found that this sort of digitally native, if you might say, um, generation, uh, one of the key retention strategies is allowing them to work with digital technologies. So for them, it's, it's a very important factor of keeping them happy at their work and retaining them on staff. So I think that's a very important point to keep in mind. Thank you. And and there you just reinforced my perfect segue that I got by asking that question to Karin a minute ago. Karin, <laughs> here, here is uh, where I'm going to pull a next statement from your information you sent me before the show. So you say, in the future, employees of finance organizations will require both skills in finance and in AI, artificial intelligence. They'll have to become experts, not only in controlling but in the principles and execution logic of AI, it's not as easy as it sounds. They have to practice it each and every day. What exactly is this talking about, Karin? Sounds interesting. Tell me. Yeah, I think this is the, really what's 
behind because we can trust machines and their decisions for the more simple tasks at the moment and perhaps in future also the more complex tasks we would like them to do and to support when we really know um, what's behind. If we know the principles, how they gather or how they pick data, how they are training or train themselves in case of uh, some, some, some sort of AI, and then building models. Otherwise, we can't trust, but not, not only trust, because um, even as convenient our decision-making is getting through AI, uh, we still will stay in charge for compliance. We are responsibility, uh, responsible for, for uh, the decision um, machine learning is helping us to, to, to take. So um, we still have to know the principles. And it's not so easy. If you do it all the day long, you, you exactly know what you do, like um, everyday's uh, work. But if you just control it, you have to look behind. You should know some of those principles um, and really um, have the trust into the principles that these are the, the right general solutions for, for special tasks. Thank you, Karin. Very interesting. Matthias, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, please. Uh, I agree that uh, it makes a lot of sense to understand the methods behind AI. This is important because this allows you to understand how this decision is really taken and how it might be even tricked. <laughs> so if a method is uh, seeing that in a text makes sense because of just letter statistics, because their brain is not as reasonable thinking as us, then you know how this can be tricked. If there is specific methods how you accept payments and specific cash discounts, uh, you need to know that so that people are not uh, just taking more cash accounts automatically out of your system. And to better understand that, you achieve the trust by first starting with allowing the system to do recommendations and you track how often your people are accepting them and in which cases they are changing them to learn and adapt going forward. So from that perspective, I um, agree with those statements and that it is becoming more important to understand also the mechanics behind to better evaluate what the value is and um, that it works. Thank you, Matthias. Nilly, I'm circling around the panel to you. Love to get your thoughts on this, both finance and AI. Practice, practice, practice. I don't know if you've all heard the joke, how do you get to Carnegie Hall, which is the famous concert hall in New York. A young man sees a uh, young man is carrying a violin. He sees an older gentleman on the street, and he says, how do I get to Carnegie Hall? And the older gentleman says, practice, my son, practice. Because <laughs> he, <was, laughs> so he just wanted directions, that's all. It's an old New York joke. I apologize. So, Nilly, what do you think? Do you agree with with uh, Karen's very interesting points? And Matthias's, go ahead, Nilly. Yeah, I think um, in general, the area of talent and um, building up the capabilities of finance to understand how AI and other technologies work is a huge issue. Um, it's coming up as the um, as one of the biggest issues in the adoption of technologies and digital transformation in general. Actually, the two biggest uh, skills that we've seen as um, the most important but least mature in finance are data and technology savviness. And I think being able to develop those skills is where we're going to see that trust being built um, the understanding of how things work in order to have that trust in the results and the activities of AI. And maybe not coincidentally, the number one training initiative that uh, finance and FP&A professionals pointed to for the next couple of years is analytics and modeling capabilities. And I think that ties directly to things like artificial intelligence and machine learning. 
Thank you, Nellie. Very interesting. Karin, you've heard from both of your co-panelists. Anything you want to add to this part of our discussion, Karin? No, I think we got it. Um, and we, we just should be aware that objective and Henry, the objectivity of this algorithm isn't guaranteed only being mathematical that we have to go into the art of good scientific design of those models and to understand them, to better trust them afterwards. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good wrap-up on that. Matthias, we have time for one more topic here to go around the table. I'm looking at your notes here. Uh, very interesting. Uh, let's talk about AI since that seems to be where the conversation is headed for a while. You say while artificial mm. intelligence is out there for 70 years now, 70 years, everybody, think about this. Machine learning is ready for mainstream, enabled by advances in deep learning algorithms, computing power, developed for the gaming industry, and available availability of huge digitized data sets Image and voice recognition by computers has now surpassed the accuracy of average humans. That's a little exciting and scary at the same time. So, Matthias, talk to me. Is finance ready for all of this, and is machine learning ready for finance? Definitely, yes. Okay. <laughs> the, all the ups and downs we have seen in this last 70 years in AI uh, were heavily also related to the different aspects and the different attempts to mimic human brains. I think that specifically this machine learning discipline or specifically deep learning algorithms that are out there since five years have mm -hmm. really brought the, the breakthrough in regards to really surpass human average capabilities in image recognition. And that requires these new algorithms. This requires massive computing power, as well as the digitized data. Only if you have these big data sets, you can really massage them in a way to uh, really find the, the, the truth and the rules, rules behind decisions. And therefore, yes, machine learning is now ready. And in finance, you have a lot of tasks that are related to taking unstructured information and move it into the structured system. And if the machine can help to understand what is in a mail, a PDF document, in a payment mm -hmm. advice, to really mm -hmm. help you to operationalize that, give you smart suggestions, then yes, uh, we are ready, ML is ready, finance is ready, and there are so many opportunities to apply that. Very interesting. Tell me something. Um, we haven't talked about leadership, Matthias. Let me just quickly start with you and go around the table. The leadership of finance, what does it take in the C-suite or is it a groundswell from the bottom up of an organization to say, hey, we have this new mandate, we have this new direction, the technology is there, our company needs to start investing in it. We need change management, we need ways to bring it on board, we need to learn it, as Karen said very astutely, it needs to be practiced every day, we need to attract new young talent to help us grow. Is this push coming currently in the companies you work with, Matthias, from the C-suite, is it coming from middle management? Where is it coming? It's great to talk about this academically, but What's really happening in the real world? Where is it coming from, the push? I think that C-level executives are very aware of the benefits that machine learning can bring. I saw uh, some uh, research that was indicating that 19 out of 20 customers really see that ML is seen as a way to differentiate the offering. And since automation is easy to measure often, easier than qualitative benefits, I think in operational finance, there's a lot of potential to directly see how you can leverage these capabilities. And therefore, I think that finance is also a sweet spot for driving the excellence in an area that everybody understands. Thank you very much. Nilly. love to get your thoughts on this. Agree or disagree? Um, I agree and disagree. <laughs> I think that uh, finance, there are a lot of applications of AI within finance that can make a big difference in its performance, um, and therefore 
should be considered. But I think finance, there are a lot of hurdles still, um, and finance is not taking advantage as much as it could. Um, partly, um, I think the, uh, for the leadership aspect of it, we see a lot of the push for automation coming from sort of grassroots basis, mm-hmm. coming from inside the finance organization, um, not so much um, from a leadership perspective. A lot of companies still don't have a digital strategy that's coming from the top. Um, only 50% or so do. So we don't see a great swell of leadership push for the adoption of digital technologies, but we see a lot of work done on a sort of department-by-department basis, on a niche basis, as different finance process leaders are trying to automate their processes and pushing for change. Thank you, Nilly. Very interesting. Karen, I'd love to get your thoughts on this before we have just about two minutes before we go to our crystal ball predictions round. So, Karen, you want to wrap this up for us? What do you see? Yeah. I see, uh, also, I disagree a little bit to Matthias because I think at the moment, uh, finance is not doing enough in the AI area. But I think the talent shortage might help us because the younger like and love those new technologies um, to get them into the workplace and to figure around with them because I think they are used to use not, not, not AI, of course, in their uh, private life, but many of those helping uh, helpers um, and um, more digitization in their own life with how they look in films, for example, and um, so I think they are getting um, more interested in, in enterprises where they can work in a modern fashion, you know, more mm-hmm. convenience uh, and get their talent really uh, into their jobs because they learn so much, you know. And if they then are bored uh, doing um, account receivable or whatever uh, in, in transactional stuff, uh, you lose them might be. And uh, the talent shortage might help us because I think the enterprises and the finances, the fin- finance departments will will experience this uh, in their search for young talents and good people. Thank you, Karen. And Matthias, I can give you 30 seconds if you want to add a wrap-up to that before I go back. I know Nilly's ready with her crystal ball prediction, but Matthias, anything you want to say about what the two ladies said about your topic? No. I agree on the uh, comment. Um, there's definitely also grassroots approaches uh, to machine learning that are happening. Um, and there's also a differentiation according to industries. Uh, there are those that have a higher amount of digitized data that are more on the forefront, um, as well as uh, differences in customer sizes, which also makes a difference in regards uh, to the strategy, digital strategy that they have already embarked on. Thank you very much. Very well said. Nilly Asades, I'm ready for you. 60 seconds. What do you predict will change about our very important topic, machine learning, AI, and finance, taking process automation to the next level? Nilly, predictions, all yours. Go. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of it, even though we're now in very early stages of adoption. Um, our data shows that adoption rates are going to go up to 41% in mainstream and limited adoption. So I think there's going to be a lot more of AI adoption as understanding grows. Thank you. That was brief and to the point. I appreciate that. Plenty of time. <laughs> well, you want to add another two sentences? You have a little more time left, Nilly. Go ahead. Sure. So I think the talent challenge will remain a big issue, as we were all saying, but as younger workforce kind of comes in, um, that's going to be changing and helping the adoption rate of technologies like AI. Um, and at the sort of the most strategic level, it's going to help finance free up its time and become more and more of an advisor 
to the business leaders and, and management, helping them make decisions using tools like NI, making them, helping them make better decisions about how to allocate capital or where to invest that capital in order to thrive in a very fast-changing business environment. Thank you very much, Nilly. That's a good 60 seconds. Professor Card Graceland at Wiesbaden, why don't you go ahead and take your 60 seconds? What do you see coming in the future, Karen? 60 seconds, go. Yes, I see lots of AI, I think. Uh, this will make its way into the real financial uh, uh, practice because of the younger people joining us there and the older ones will get used to it, you know. If we, if we train to trust every day, we get used mm-hmm. to it too. So, and the younger one will give fresh air into our financial um, daily life. And I think, um, on the other hand, we will concentrate our talents too with the more typical human skills we bring in, like empathy and intuition, because I think uh, when we are going to more strategic things, it's also about innovation and giving ideas a thought for more innovative things and to finance this. And there we have the, the right time for the financial stuff um, to concentrate off because, uh, on because they like to, you know, they are interested in. Uh, and then they can give all their knowledge into the job. Thank you, Karen. Matthias, I saved 60 seconds for you. Go ahead and use them. What do you got for predictions? Yes, I. we are starting from an area where we see huge automation happening. McKinsey predicts in seven years 60% of human tasks can be automated. Uh, we need to shift focus of the solution to the value-added areas where AI, ML capabilities are augmenting human capabilities, which is really bringing up that huge potential uh, of prosperity that is in that topic. And we will see this in finance and in all other enterprise areas. Uh, We will see this as we went through revolutions in farming, where now only 2% are remaining to work in farming, while this had been more than 90% uh, 200 years ago. Um, we see this, saw the same in the industry machinery area, and uh, we will also see this in the other uh, uh, more brain work-related areas in the enterprises of the world, and there will still be enough, plenty of work that we can do with human brains that will be much more augmented with these new capabilities. Thank you very much. Very eloquent, as always. Appreciate that. I want to thank our three very special panelists. We're just about at the end of our time here, and I have a shout-out to Michael Alexander Deal at SAP for helping put together this wonderful panel, and, of course, Chris Grundy, the sponsor of this series at SAP. And I want to thank Nilly Asades at the Hackett Group, Dr. Karen Graceland at Wiesbaden Business School, and Matthias Henley at SAP, as well as Aaron, our engineer at the Business Channel. Thank you, Aaron. So here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt, especially if you're working in finance right now. It's an exciting time for you. Embrace the new technologies and become efficient as well as smarter than ever. So fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Nilly, just like Karen, and just like Matthias. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. I'll be back tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Business Channel with a great show about conservation and purpose, saving the rhinos and the elephants and people in Africa. You don't want to miss that one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to run simple. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO. And join host Bonnie D. Graham Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, here on the Business Channel. Wishing you a game-changing week.